0: Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. It is Monday, August 12th, and boy, oh boy, are you guys in for a treat. Uh, we're going to have two podcasts today, because here's the deal. This is Nerd Week on CBS Sports' uh, only daily, or the, the world's only daily NFL podcast and CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. I, it's been pointed out to me, Will Brinson, the host of the show, that uh, I routinely say CBS Sportses, and that's not... Uh, grammatically correct. There should be no apostrophe S on, uh, on sports. It would just be CBS sports apostrophe. So apologies for that. Uh, but anyway, this is football nerd week slash nerd week. We're going to have some awesome guests this week. Um, on the other podcast that was released today is 40 minutes of football goodness with our boy Andy Benoit. Ryan Wilson and I talked to him and broke down a bunch of stuff, but, um, we needed a second podcast because Antonio Brown is crazy. And frankly, all the stuff that happened on Friday and over the weekend, it requires a second podcast. So we're doing this Antonio Brown is bat bleep insane podcast right now. Uh, but you should go check out the Andy Benoit podcast as well because it is full of football nerdiness. Um, coming up the rest of the week, we're going to have Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders, Warren Sharp of Sharp Football Analysis and Sharp Football Stats and just... Generally being, you know, Warren Sharp. Josh Hirschmeyer of, uh, 538 is going to join the program. Um, why are you giving me double birds, Ryan? Are you, are you drinking? What's happening here? Preach is doing sad emojis. This is a super friend show, by the way. There's a, this is like a, like the conk, conk, sound the conk at 5 p.m. <laughs> you never heard of sounding the conk, Sean? No, it just sounded like you were saying something else. For I thought a he, I thought he had
1: a stroke.
0: Okay. Ryan, your audio is terrible. <laughs> Ryan's drunk and his terrible audio somehow. The audio file here, no, sound the conk. It's from *Lord of the Flies*. I'm aware. I read that in high school. else everybody did. <laughs> um, and uh who else is going to be on the podcast this week? Oh, uh, Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. So we got a film nerd and four analytical football nerds. It's going to be awesome. We're going to take a deep dive, and then in the two weeks leading up to the season, we're going to have a fantasy week, and we are going to have. A gambling week. And we're excited is about that it. where, like, I tell you my greatest fantasy?
2: Yeah, exactly. So um oh, That's going to be exciting. Might be inappropriate for uh, the podcast, Can we get a but I'm preview.
3: In.
0: Yeah, so here's the deal. Go on to iTunes or Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review and predict what you think Breach's biggest fantasy is. And spoiler, it's Andy Dalton winning a Super Bowl as, like, his dad is called from the stands to kick the game-winning field goal. Right? Is that, is that fair?
2: But also me wearing an Andy Dalton wig while this happens. Weird.
0: Whose audio is screwing up? Is it Ryan's? Definitely Ryan's. I don't
1: think so. I mean, I've used this USB mic before.
0: There we go. Are right, you just cutting in an uh, out with okay, random no, stuff? I don't right. think so, oh, okay. Ryan. You sound like a 1980s robot. All right. Anyway, so we're gonna dive into this. We'll, I'll there mention, were robots in the 1980s. <laughs> I'll mention the rest of the stuff on the. Uh, Did you the... ever
2: see Rocky Four? Jesus, Sean. So half the movie's about a robot.
0: Ryan, I'm going to go to you first. Again, this is the Antonio Brown podcast. There's another podcast. Download it. I want to
2: talk about kickers, Brinson. That was the only reason I showed up.
0: <laughs> no, you know you love and like. All right, all right, Breach. I'm actually going to go to you first, not Ryan, because Ryan's just soaking in the Schadenfreude of Antonio Brown already ruining the Raiders season before it even begins. Ryan, if you don't put that goddamn <laughs> microphone down, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I was Somebody... about to make a gif of him doing
1: this. Either. Oh, sorry. I thought it was muted. Oh my god.
0: Someone get this kid off someone get this kid off the damn escalator. I was trying I was trying to fix the microphone. Ryan, 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 right. I'm not kidding. You have to stop shouting at that microphone. Uh, Breach. We've been doing this how long have you been covering the NFL? Eight years? Seven
1: yeah, seven.
0: 2013. Right, exactly. So you've been doing this for six, seven years. On a scale of one to ten, where does this Antonio Brown stuff fall for you, Breach, in terms of bat smell crazy?
2: This is a seven billion. So like, okay,
0: all right, all right. before that,
2: I was already thinking this was ranked number one when we were just talking about him cryogenically freezing his feet. Uh, and that to me was crazy because how could that ever happen? Who doesn't wear the proper footwear in a cryotherapy chamber? That's literally the only thing you wear when you go in there. How could you forget? It's just mind boggling. And then threatening to retire. Because you can't wear the helmet you want. That's like Sean refusing to do this podcast because he doesn't have the earphones he wants. Or just something that is so unimportant that makes no sense. You can play with any helmet you want. And so when I look at every crazy thing that's happened in NFL history, you know, you think about things that Terrell Owens did. You think about things that Randy Moss did. Those things don't even compare to this. This thing is in a league of its own. And so this is... Maybe even seven billions not doing it justice might be higher than that.
0: I I honestly was thinking about that Terrell Owens thing because, I mean, like – I mean, I wouldn't – I don't think any of us were writing about the NFL when T.O. did the sit-ups in his driveway situation. I guess that would – I mean, I, I think I was in college when that happened, right? Because it was with the Eagles. Um, it was probably 2005. Is that right? 2004, 2005, thereabouts. Um, and, like, that was bananas, T.O.'s melting down, just ripping sit up shirtless in his driveway as reporters are sitting there like, and Drew Rosenhaus is trying to control it. That was, and, and, you know, take all the criminal stuff out of it. Like, you know, you don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to blend that with this sort of diva wide receiver. But like, the Ocho Cinco celebrations, my man, Ocho Cinco, friend of the program, did a live show with Ocho Cinco for a couple of years. Um, he, like, that stuff that he did on the field, Doesn't like did with his team doesn't compare to this Antonio Brown stuff. Ryan, do you already feel vindicated that your team is soaking a $25 million cap hit up, uh, and only acquired a third round pick in exchange, uh, for Antonio Brown, given the things that have happened? How do I sound if I'm this far from the microphone? Great.
1: Really? Don't move.
3: Don't move an inch.
1: All All right. right, I'm going to, I'm going to stay completely still. And just so people know, I had to pack up all my regular audio stuff because I'm, I have to travel for work and I had to take it with me. So that's why I'm using uh, the backup mic. Anyway, here's it does sound like
0: you've been smoking for like three weeks, but other than that, it's fine.
3: Well, he's been on vacation for
0: three weeks. Yes. Smoking
1: what? (laughs) You guys listen. I have something very important to say. (laughs) Like we're joking about Antonio Brown, but when Breach and I were at the Macy's, um, Fan signing where Antonio Brown was featured during. This um, is in, Atla- in Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl week. We we're in Buckhead. And there were 200 people waiting in line, John, do you think? Is that about yeah. right? Yeah. And, and no other media there. So this is like a private insight
2: into what was going on in Antonio Brown's head.
1: Antonio Brown still had the blonde mustache. He had uh, the, the crazy – um, God, who was that rapper from the 90s? That's I can't think of his name. Wave uh, of Wave. No, he had the crazy, like, um hairdo, like it was sticking up, like, like the same, Julio. He had the Julio haircut. Thank you, John. Julio did that. So, and John were John and I were literally four feet from Antonio Brown for an hour and a half. He looked absolutely and unequivocally spaced out, uninterested. Um, hundreds of fans came to take pictures with him. He didn't make eye contact. He didn't. His facial expression didn't change. Look, I'm not a therapist. I don't think John's a therapist. John's probably murdered some therapist. But we don't have any training and sort of sort of figuring out what people were doing mentally. But he looked out of it. And then after he got traded, we were sort of joking that he pulled the Kaiser Sose. And once he got off the plane in Oakland, he just went from limping to walking straight. Maybe <laughs> something's going on. So, I mean, the Steelers generally have a, a good track record when it comes to getting out of wide receivers a year early instead of a year late. But in the last two years, the Steelers traded Martavis Brown to Oakland for a third-round pick. He's now out of the league. I think he, he had fewer than 20 receptions last year. And then another third-round pick for Antonio Brown, who by all accounts – the highlight of his career in Oakland so far has been not falling out of the hot air balloon when he arrived on the first day of camp. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So let's, let's, uh let's walk through the timeline here because, you know, the, the trade happened this off season. He hey, sure one to, thing
1: quickly, Brenton, yeah. uh,
0: John, would you agree with uh
1: what, what, was, what were you thinking when you saw him at Macy's back in January? But, I mean, I
2: was shocked because it was just like, we went there because we wanted to see if he was putting on an act, if he is just being – has he lost it? He's just totally loopy. What is going on? And just sitting there and watching him and observing him for 90 minutes, like, and what should be an element he should enjoy because, hey, you're being crazy, and you still have 200 Steelers fans show up to get your autograph who want to take a picture with you. And he was just totally indifferent, looked out of it, looked disinterested – Uh. It was almost like felt like he didn't care about football, and then he did that interview with Jeff Darlington a month later saying, I don't even need football, and that's what watching him felt like. And so, I mean, if I'm the Raiders, that's definitely a concern that it doesn't seem like he wants to play football as badly as he used to want to
0: play football. When we look at this timeline, I mean, he got traded – and, I mean, I even thought – and I I, know, I noticed a, a line in uh, Pro Football Talk's uh, recap of something that happened where Mike Florio pointed out that Gruden – he basically insinuated that Gruden had, like, squashed most of the editorial stuff from that first episode of Hard Knocks because the, the teams can do that. The teams control what ends up going out there. And it's possible that Gruden was like, do not show this crazy stuff because this team the, – the Raiders have to be – freaking the F out right now they traded for him they gave him a huge contract he's supposed to show up for training camp he goes to France he doesn't wear the booties in the chirogenic chamber he freezes he gets frostbite on his feet he then with the helmet stuff like I mean not only that but like Mike silver has this 20 this insane Brenton, I'm, I'm gonna what did kill they think you. was going to happen This, I mean, you called it. We called it, like, months ago. We didn't even call
3: it, though, because we were having discussions around how long until Antonio Brown freaks out at Derek Carr, like week six, week four. So, like, it's not even a Derek Carr thing, and that's really the only – if I'm trying to find one positive and it's hard to find a positive, the only positive is the fact that Antonio Brown hasn't freaked out at his own quarterback yet because he's freaking out at the equipment staff and painting his own helmets, as you mentioned in that Mike Silver thread. But we were trying to – we everyone was trying to predict – when Antonio Brown, there would be some drama with him in Oakland. I don't think anyone had before week one or before week one of the preseason. So he's beaten the timeline
1: by before
2: far. Before training camp. Mm.
3: Right.
0: So Breach, you just wrote a story about uh, an hour before recording this and recording on Sunday night. We did think about doing an emergency pod on Friday. We had to, uh, you know, bump it back a little bit because Sean was at the pool with his kids drinking all day, like a layabout. Ryan was out there. Sean, cutting. how many kids do you have? Three. I don't talk about my personal life on the podcast. Somebody wrote an iTunes review that's like, "I like that you guys talk about Sean's dating life." Or that somebody DM me. I wow, we found over. one person.
3: Yeah, Um, John, but you, Sean's
2: girlfriend's burner's account.
0: You wrote a story, John. Can you sort of walk us through the helmet situation and what's going on with this? Because this, this is—I uh, mean—to call it highly unusual would be an understatement.
2: Okay, so as our CBS Sports NFL Insider, Jason Lockenfora mentioned on Friday, there was a grievance. So that is how all this helmet stuff came out, because there was a grievance on Friday, and basically Antonio Brown said, NFL, I need you to let me to wear my helmet. And that's that's the whole grievance, because his helmet's banned. So now how do you argue to the NFL that, hey, you guys need to let me wear this banned helmet? Well, apparently Antonio Brown is just coming up with absurd arguments. I don't know if his legal team, if his agent, who came up with this, but one of his arguments just absolutely makes no sense. So he said that if the NFL makes him wear a new helmet, he is going to hold the NFL liable if he gets a concussion in this new helmet, which is so absurd because literally the only reason these new helmets exist is because they're better at preventing concussions than the older helmets like the one Antonio Brown wants to wear. Antonio Brown is trying to wear a helmet that is 12 years old. <laughs> it was it was discontinued in 2011. So this model has not been produced since 2011 because Shoot, is that how you pronounce the company? The Shut? Shoot Shoot <laughs> S- maybe? Shoot SCHUTT. So <laughs> they yes, okay. So they did not feel comfortable with helmets, so they just continued in 2011. Antonio Brown was a rookie in 2010, so that's when he got the helmet. So he's basically been wearing the same thing since 2010. The NFL, the company that certifies helmets, will not certify any helmet that has existed longer than 10 years or if it's discontinued, of which both apply to Antonio Brown's helmet. So he's his other argument to the NFL that he should be allowed to wear it is that his helmet didn't technically fail any safety tests. So like Tom Brady's helmet got banned because it failed a safety test in a laboratory. Antonio Brown's did not. The only reason he can't wear it is because it's too old and hasn't been certified. So he's saying, just certify it and let me wear it.
0: Mm. So that's where we are. And
2: the NFL's got to decide, is that a good argument? Do we let him wear it? Uh, or do we say, screw him, go to retirement, we don't care?
0: So so what do we think is going to happen? Do we think that Antonio Brown is going to potentially win this grievance? I mean, because there's no way he's retiring over this helmet. Like, that's just not happening, Antonio Brown. I, I don't – but that would be my concern if I'm – the Raiders is that he's threatening to retire, which means that the dude is insane and might actually consider retiring. But also think if you're Drew
2: Rosenhaus, like you don't get your, does he get his 3% cut of that 31 million guaranteed? If Antonio Brown retires over his helmet, because uh, that's almost a million dollars he'd lose out on. So he's got to be in his ear saying like, yo man, you cannot retire. I don't care what the decision is this week. You need to get on the field. Or is this all just a ploy so that Antonio Brown can skip training camp? That's like my, Crazy mm. out there theory that he – and he loves to be a circus. I don't want to be at training camp, so I'm just going to freeze my feet. I'm going to complain about my helmet, and I'll eventually show up uh, like August
0: 31st. Uh, also apparently um, – <laughs> And Turner Brown is threatening the NFL with liability. Did you mention that breach? Did I miss that? I was, I was sort of checking up on the facts. Yeah, yeah. And try, like this helmet thing is like un. I mean, it's not unheard of. We, cause you wrote about Tom Brady last year. It was, you know, it was a great headline. It's like Tom Brady and 32 others set to lose their helmets. Here's what happens next. Um, but you know, they're changing the, the helmet qualifications and it, it just doesn't feel like he's going to win this. I, I, I just don't feel like he's going to win this. A source told Daniel Kaplan of uh, The Athletic, I think it'll be interesting if the NFL forces Antonio to wear a different helmet. And, and he does play and is he doesn't retire, as some people have reported he will do, which he's not. And then he suffers a really severe injury. I hate to be the NFL because now you forced him into wearing a different type of helmet. And I think at that point, though, the, the liability, liability will be dramatic. I don't think liability can actually be dramatic, Ryan. Um, but Antonio Brown sure can. I
1: don't know why the Raiders are surprised. I I just don't understand the problem. How's the audio? It's good now. Okay. But, I mean, JLC wrote about this last – when did he ask for a trade? Uh, January or was it during the season? I can't even remember. Uh, It was around November, I think. Yeah, so don't forget. Week 17, he went missing because he got mad at Ben Roethlisberger. But back last year in training camp, he missing it wasn't because of a calf injury, it was because the Steelers wouldn't allow him to have his personal trainer and social media person on the sidelines with him to act out at Latrobe during training camp. Um we saw I don't know why John Gruden let this be shown, but we saw last week on Hard Knox that he had his kids on the sidelines at practice, sort of just hanging out while no one else is allowed to do that. So the Raiders knew what they were getting. The only thing is and Sean pointed at this is that it happened so quickly. I had I think I personally I had like um Halloween, October 31st, I thought it would be a wrap, but clearly I was way, way off.
0: Um, worth noting here, uh, Mike Florio wrote about the five day letter. Did you guys see this? Where, um, basically, here's what happens is, Brown, this is what Florio wrote, uh, Brown, if he's not with the team, refuses to return, can be put on the active slash left squad list. By rule, the team's leverage for getting him ret- to return would be sending a so-called five day ladder, five day letter. If he doesn't return within five days, the team could then shift Brown to the reserved left squad list, which would shut him down for the season and shut off any obligation to pay him. Because the Raiders gave Brown a signing bonus of only one million, he wouldn't have to write a gigantic check back to the team. But it was failure to show up in response to a five-day letter into season. However, he would lose fourteen point six two five million in fully guaranteed salary for twenty twenty. Likewise, fourteen point five million in full guarantees for twenty twenty one would likely void. Now, I think that this is a nuclear option that the the Raiders won't exercise. Look, you date crazy you might get like you might get crazy crazy might flip on you that's how that works right uh in, in the words of uh, uh of uh, of george Bluth senior never promise crazy a baby um that's sort of what the raiders did but here's the problem they're stuck with this guy for 2 years he's not going anywhere you can't get rid of him his contract If he was cut today, I mean, without the five day letter stuff, he's going to be a $30 million dead cap hit on the Raiders while being a $25 million dead cap hit on the Steelers. They're not cutting him. They got to try and ride this out. If they cut him next offseason, uh, let's see. I think, I guess if they did a post June one cut, um, they could, uh, no, post June one cut, he would still be fourteen point eight three three million dollars in dead cap space in twenty twenty, um, and then uh just thirty three thousand in dead cap space in twenty twenty one. But the bottom line is Antonio Brown is on the Raiders for the next two years, Sean, and he's and he's still an insane person. Would you take the over or under of one thousand yards right now for Antonio Brown if you had to pick? Receiving has, yards. You're,
3: Brian's Brian's gonna get mad at me for saying this. I'm still taking the over. Um I'm not
1: that, mad at you. <laughs> I ain't
3: mad. Um well and you mentioned the contract, and that's exactly why John Gruden after Saturday's game, you know, told reporters that he still supports Antonio Brown and was, you know, generally very positive when talking about him. Is because they don't A have a choice because they can't cut him. They no one's gonna trade for him um now. Um and two, look, as long as he's out there week one and as long as he's playing like he's played over the last you know five, six seasons. I think the Raiders will take it. And I know that sounds insane to say now, but it's August 11th. And if he's out there and if he's catching 10 touchdowns and exploding for 1200 yards, we're all going to forget about I mean, we won't forget about it, but we're we're not it's going to be in a completely different context. And so, the problem with Antonio Brown long term is that as long as you're playing this well, you can do this kind of stuff and it's not going to matter and you're going to have your coach saying we support this guy and all that, but he's what, 30, 31? So if he's doing this 2 years from now, that's just how you get cut and that's how you go unsigned at the age of 33 because suddenly you're a 600 yard, six touchdown guy and you have all these issues. Exactly. And you know, this obviously exceeds anything that Des Bryant um, has pulled with the Cowboys, did pull with the Cowboys. So I think in the short term, the thing that concerns me the most is probably the feet. Like, as long as he's available to play in week one, like, it's a frostbitten feat that, for me, it's like...
0: Well, no, I was good. That was my sure next, that was my next question. Sure he's going to be ready week
3: one? And, like, no. if he's not available week one, then suddenly this turns into an actual, I think, football problem. If he's out there week one and he plays 16 games and he does what he normally does, I think it's not an issue. That said, I do think this is the kind of thing that potentially could sidetrack him in terms of Hall of Fame stuff. Because if he can't be productive... In his later years, because nobody wants to take him on and let him just be that solid 600, 800 yard guy because of the off the field concerns. Then he could be the kind of guy who's cut within two years and can't find someone to take him on.
2: I mean, this is one, one thing real quick, Prince, because you mentioned Uh, the uh, five day letter. Uh, the crazy thing, the thing that would absolutely send this nuclear is if Antonio Brown is still kind of, his feet aren't completely healed by say September 1st. It puts the Raiders in a position where they're like, you know what? There is one way out, and we can put him on the non-football injury list, the NFI list, NFI, list, and if you do that, you don't necessarily have to pay him. It becomes your choice how much you pay the player. It can be zero. It can be all their money, and imagine if the Raiders put him on that list, did not pay him any money, and then they would get that money back in their salary cap. Ryan, how bad would Antonio Brown explode if the Raiders told him he wasn't getting paid this year?
1: It, it would be it would be a disaster. And I think you guys are actually being unfair to Des Bryant because he did nothing close to what Antonio Brown has done. <laughs> just
2: wore baggy and pants he, in them all. And that's all he did. And he came, now, I only he mentioned just, him because he erupted on the sidelines a lot, and the Cowboys just kind of got tired yeah. of it because his production wasn't worth it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could actually argue that A.B.'s production has – Certainly been worth a headache. Mike Tomlin basically admitted as much in that last press conference after the, um, or before the, the Bengals game in week 17. Yeah, no, if, he, if they did that to him, it, I don't know what would happen. It would not be good. It would end up with Derek Carr crying somewhere.
0: Well, I, real quickly on the NFI though, I, um, I don't know the answer to this, but I would assume I, I mean, I have the CBA open and I'm trying to find it very quickly, but it's not in, it's not in the CBA and I, I'm working on it, but I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on anything. But the NFI list, in order to be placed on the NFI list, you have to be unable to practice. I don't know if you guys saw Hard Knocks episode one, and Tony Brown practiced. That's going to make it pretty different. The Raiders might not have that option. They might not it be able to. for thirty minutes. It doesn't matter if you go out there and practice. That means you're not injured. That means that any injury you suffer would be football-related, technically. Maybe they can skirt that. I don't know. But I'm saying, like, if that option is off the table, he might just be hanging out with these frostbitten feet all season long, like waiting to get – and there's no way Antonio Brown's playing until he's healthy. also We don't
2: know what the situation was behind that practice because he could have told the doctors in in Oakland at first. He could have been like, guys, I just have blisters. I can play. You know, maybe they didn't know because the frostbite thing happened on his own time. Apparently ESPN said it was in France. Yes. Antonio Brown flew to France to get cryo. They don't do that here. I've done it I here. Someone, I saw someone. You don't tweet trust that. the French
0: with anything. That's why they probably don't even have the footy things. I know. I, I guarantee you, there's a big ass giant sign that said in French, "Wear the boots." <laughs> 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 Wear les boots. And Antonio Brown's like, "Oh, I don't know what the hell that says." It just jumps in with no, no. Uh... By the way, Michael, credit to Michael Mike Silver of uh, NFL Media who who had a who had a large tweet. It's uh, a, a twenty it tweet thread. Um, And it is like, you read it, you read it, and you're just like, how is this real life? What is happening? Uh, it starts out, even before suffering bizarre injuries to his feet, Antonio Brown alarmed Raiders coaches and teammates by railing against the NFL's enhanced enfor- enforcement of helmet regulations, a policy change which will likely force the star receiver to switch to a new model. Um, And, like, I, I, it's hard to even, like, really delve into all the different things that, that are on here, Um, but you know, he mentions the... You know, he mentions the, the different helmets for all those guys and then buried it. I mean, like, but you could tell there is significant frustration from Raiders coaches. I feel like this is going to turn into something that consumes the Raiders season. And I really feel like if you're the Steelers, you're sitting back and laughing your asses off because you know why else you're laughing?
1: James Washington, baby. He went off week one.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he looked good. And, um, how do I cannot remember the guy they drafted with the pick? Uh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, out of uh, out, of, he's a Mac guy. They draft. I mean, like, I think this is flying under the radar as like one of the potentially ultimate uh fu stories of the entire season. Is that what if Deontay Johnson finishes the season with more receiving yards than Antonio Brown? Stop it.
3: Why is well, that? If he, doesn't have, if he doesn't have frostbitten feet, and Antonio Brown's
0: <laughs> exactly frostbite, exactly. it could you could yeah, have yeah. ten yards. Yeah, if is. if Antonio Brown has broken feet and the Raiders shut him down, and Deontay Johnson catches one pass, he might win. And he was taken from the same conference that Antonio Brown was drafted out of. With the pick that the the Steelers got from trading Antonio Brown, it is a clear f move from Kevin Colbert, and it could it could it could like pay off dip, huge dividends as soon as this season. You
1: know that huge winners are in this whole debacle ben roth who'd you say john i was gonna, Us. Say, I was gonna no. say the bills the buffalo bills finally sean you Literally, did something what i was about to say Ooh, the
3: great biggest call. winners are the bills for they tried to trade for him and they had an agreement but antonio brown didn't want to go there funnily enough he didn't go to buffalo and he went to oakland and somehow he got frostbite which makes zero sense
0: <laughs> um That's actually
3: good you, I saw that on Twitter. Um, I can't remember who tweeted it. Uh um, never
0: never came with the good ones, can you? Nope. Uh
3: well at least I admit him. Who said this, fam?
0: Who said this? By the way, uh also on that silver tweet storm it's like Brown, who practiced on his tinder feet for only two days before leaving Napa to seek another opinion. So maybe actually he could still get on there, tried yet again to sneak his old helmet onto the field, ultimately being told by team officials to remove it. And then he, Silver got this quote from a Raiders player. He's still freaking out about it. He hasn't been here for a while and no one knows where he's at.
2: I also, mean. Also,
3: in that, uh, tweet thread, this is like flies under the radar because it hardly matters compared to the helmet and the feet. Oh, the screens but at the meetings. It's also the fact that he's not like paying attention at meetings. He's perusing his bank accounts. I think. No,
0: no, 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 like no, so. no, no, no. But before you know, you're right. He did say that. So here's the tweet. I, I, this is, you're right. I, this is what I was thinking that flew under the radar. What gets me, though, Sean, is not even the bank account things. It's like, Brown, according to witnesses, typically glances at the screens of several tablets and and his smartphone during meetings, distracting himself by engaging in activities which include perusing his bank accounts and liking, in air quotes, photos on Instagram. So... Like, well. Still 25 million in this one, 30 million in that one. But what are you, like, what is your, what are you doing in a meeting? Are you like holding up one iPad with each hand and like, so, like just swiping your face off? I'm just like, t- you think he has like his own t-tinder. table
3: and there's like 10 of them laid out and he's just like rolling a share back and forth, like laterally across the table? I as have. As he, from tablet, from bank account to bank account.
0: Yeah. According to one source, uh, told Silver, the meeting thing isn't that bad, but the feet helmet and going dark is an issue. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this like this entire thing screams to me. It's like he was in Pittsburgh for so long, and during the trade saga, all these reports came out. I think Jeremy Fowler had a lot of stuff. Lock and Forer had a lot of stuff about how all these things that he was able to get away with in Pittsburgh, you know, going rogue at training camp, having had, like his own setup at Latrobe, and all that stuff. And it seems like to me, he's just this guy who was so used to getting everything that he wants without repercussions because Mike Tallman wasn't disciplining him for the most part. And now suddenly he's being told he can't use his helmet. And, like, it worked in Pittsburgh. He threw a fit and he got out. Like, the Steelers caved and, you know, traded him. So, like, it seems to me now he's probably thinking, oh, I can just throw a fit again and it's probably going to work out because it seems to keep working out for him. But at a certain point, it's just not going to work out. And when you look back on it
2: now – what he did in Pittsburgh. It's really insane what he got away with. I mean, he literally picked a fight. He said he was going to beat up a reporter, uh, for the undefeated. I think he also got in a Twitter fight with Ed Bouchette of the, I don't, I don't know who he works for right now, but he's a Steelers beat the writer. Yeah, for the athletic. Uh, he freaking live streamed, a Facebook speech or on Facebook, uh, the post game speech of Mike Tomlin that was supposed to be private, like breaking his the safety After the playoffs,
1: and he called out the Patriots.
2: And so that just blew up. Uh, I mean, there was just a never-ending list of stuff he's done. He's been sued twice, like almost injured a baby allegedly. Uh, he's got a speeding ticket for going like 100 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. I mean, you just look at the list of things he did in Pittsburgh, and it is literally mind-blowing that anyone would want to take on that type of baggage willingly.
1: I would point this out. He was a 2010 to old he's a rookie. He was a six-round pick, so it wasn't like he came in with a lot of fanfare. And there's a theory among some people in, in Pittsburgh, some reporters, that everything changed, and this is John's fault, when he got his head knocked off by Vontaze Berfic in the playoff game. Like, that was sort of the turning point when he went from just uh, a high-maintenance diva wide receiver to something more than that. I don't know if there's any truth to that. John can sort of go through the chronology of that. But that's sort of a, a, a conspiracy theory that some folks are running with. I don't know. Maybe she has been crazy forever, and it just comes out when you when you get – you know, so people say, imagine what Brinson would be like if he had $30 million right now. <laughs> sort of I would, like we would
3: not be friends with him.
0: Uh The same. All, the same. He would not the same. He, he the would same. Be, hosting <laughs> <from Dubai. laughs> no. be hosting
3: this podcast from Dubai.
0: I'd be hosting this podcast and I said I'd be the same. I think uh, alcohol
3: is limited in Dubai, so I don't think he would go there.
0: Seems unnecessary for the guy who drinks more than anyone
3: on this podcast. That's. You, aren't you drinking a beer right now? On camera, isn't there a beer to your right? (laughs)
0: Well, there's technically one to the left and right. The left one (laughs) is empty. It's Sunday. It's from, it's, yeah, it's Sunday. I've been drinking beer at the pool all day, buddy. What are you talking about? Uh, I played tennis this morning, played a, played a set with my buddy Garrett, took him down. Uh, and then I had a nice little, well, he, uh, quit at six five. Uh, my my wife, my wife came over and was like, Hey guys, my my wife came over and was like, Hey, I'm tired of watching your kids come play in the pool. It's like three fifteen, so you know. Um, Play every every Wednesday. I won. Please, I won. Um, So enjoy a nice tennis beer. I exercise. I can drink beer. Uh, Okay. So anything else we need to cover on the uh, Antonio Brown saga? We think we're we're in the words in the immortal words of Adam Gase. Are we done here? Let's do a hypothetical. (laughs) Okay. The NFL. Let's say the NFL rules
2: against Antonio Brown, says, sorry, dude, you can't wear your dumb helmet. It's 12 years old. It's not protecting your head. What happens next? How does he react? Right. let go around the horn.
1: It'll be bad. And It'll be a nightmare for the Raiders and John Gruden and David Carr, and he will go well under 1,000 receiving yards.
3: I think nothing – T- nothing actually happens. He, as soon as his feet are ready, he comes back and he comes back and plays and he plays with the helmet that they let him play with. I, I don't I, know how long the feet is going to take though. That, that still concerns me. Uh, Sometimes someone has frostbitten feet. I just, I don't know.
0: If Red you, black. if you asked me to write out the script for how this whole thing plays out, I would say that the NFL rules against him on the helmet thing. And as a result, Antonio Brown uses his foot, his feet excuse to stay away from the Raiders' training camp and to skip at least week one because he's not healthy enough. The Raiders cannot. The Raiders are too deep in this hole to like. They can't like. Like the Steelers at least. We're like, listen, we're done with this clown. We're getting rid of him. We don't care what it costs us. We'll take anything we can get in return. Yes, we got bluffed down from a first round pick. No, we don't care. We're still shipping him out of town. I think the Raiders will attempt to like, uh, de-escalate the situation. Won't be able to. John Gruden after one week and a, uh, who, let's see, uh, who do the Raiders play week one? The Broncos, oh, my God, Broncos are dogs in Oakland. Hammer the Broncos. I might hammer the Broncos, right? I might, I might stop talking and go hammer the Broncos. Hey,
1: Brinson, one thing we forgot to mention. I don't think you mentioned this. I was trying to fix my mic. Did you talk about Antonio Brown painting the Steelers helmet to look like a, a, a Raiders helmet just so he could go to practice? <laughs> no, we did not. So that's also an alternative. If the if the NFL doesn't improve the old helmet, he could just get a better paint job and, and maybe sneak that through. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: cool.
2: Even better part of that story is that He didn't have his old helmet. He literally had to call the Steelers and have them ship it to Oakland. And I can only imagine that Pittsburgh, everyone in that organization, was probably laughing their asses off when they saw this request. Like, guys, AB wants his illegal helmet. We have no idea why, but we're shipping it to him because we don't want anything to do with him ever again. And then, you know, he gets his black Steelers helmet, and I can just see him, like, at an arts and crafts table at some place in Oakland, (laughs) like, hand-painting the helmet, uh, gray or silver. I tried to compare it, and it does look like the helmet ended up gray, kind of like '70s Raiders versus the more silver that it is now. So he did not have, do a fantastic job.
0: Have Have we discussed this Raiders schedule to start the season? I don't yeah. think I don't think I've looked at this. I don't for whatever reason this hadn't like dawned on me. They are effed. They have the Broncos at home week one, and all this is going on. they got to find a – it's that second Monday night game that we all love. We'll have a recap of this podcast after that game because we're psychos. It'll be me and Sean up at 2 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Zero They're, chance
3: Ryan's up for that game.
0: Zero percent chance. Ryan won't be awake for the kickoff. Um Then the second game, they get the Chiefs at home. So you might be 0-2 in the division and 0-2 at home to start without Antonio Brown having stepped foot on the field. Then they're at the Vikings, at the Colts, Bears at home. Guess what? Someone's here for a little revenge. And then they're at the Packers. That's their first six games.
3: You know who's a big winner in this as well? The Bears because they have the Raiders' second-round pick. And that could basically be a first-round pick with the way their season could go. Sure. And, so, and, and the Raiders have the Bears' first-round pick, and that could potentially—I know we're all in the Bears' regress strain, but that could potentially be in the late 20s. That, the
0: difference—the so difference, then, the difference between difference to like five picks, right? five or six picks—absolutely, it could be. It, it, it's probably the—the the math says it will probably be a 10 to 15 pick difference, which is pretty <laughs> unbelievable when you're swapping a first and second-round pick. Um, things get a little easier for them to, at the Texans in Week Seven. Uh Then they get the the Lions at home. <laughs> they haven't even played the Chargers yet. I, mean, I mean, this is... They,
2: I, I'm banging this under. Top pick. They could be winless going into November. That's
0: what's when that the, Lions uh, game is. What's the over-under, Brenton? I think it's six and a half, maybe. Ooh. No, boy. Mm-mm. <laughs> let's under. Let's look, and, let's look and see what I can currently bet it at right now if I wanted to. Raiders. I oh, know that's... Uh, Broncos are plus two week one. Hello. Hammer, By the way. Hammer time. Uh, hammer time.
3: Did you guys see... I know we're not talking about the preseason, but Derek Carr's interview on the sideline during the Raiders game, there's a clip going around. I actually think Warren Sharp tweeted it. I saw it live, and I was just like, did he say that? And then I saw the tweet later. I was like, he actually did say that. It was like, it wasn't even a leading question. They just asked Derek Carr about, like, (laughs) Pre snap stop. Just, it by the, by the way,
0: eating. just really quickly, the Raiders over under six and a half. The under is minus two hundred. <laughs> you, you have to bet. You have to bet two hundred dollars to win a hundred. So if you bet two hundred, you would collect three hundred.
2: Anyway, the how question, much would you win if you bet all thirty million of Antonio Brown's guaranteed money?
0: Um, you would win fifteen million back, I believe. Right.
2: Well, that's a good. That's that's where he should put his money. I was going to say Antonio
1: Brown should make <laughs> that, sure would that be. That would be the, the best thing to happen after his helmet thing gets revoked. He just puts uh, all his money on the under. <laughs>
0: Let's see if I can find – uh Sean, keep describing this. uh uh,
3: De- uh Derek Carr went on this long little speech about how he's always been so good at reading defenses and kind of getting into the head of the defensive coordinator and how he's always been able to do that. And it wasn't even like a leading question where he was led into it. He just willingly offered up this great quote about how he's always been able to get inside the head of opposing defensive coordinators. So – um, he is the superhero hiding in plain sight who refuses to use his
0: superpowers. Good news, we uh, we actually have audio of this. You know, I, I've always been able to understand defenses and understand their what they're trying to do during a game, get inside the defense coordinator's head, so to speak. Um, so to speak, I'm really a uh, I'm the prince who's promised. I'm a ninja.
3: He is the most like least self-aware quarterback. He's buying houses in Las Vegas. He has no idea there was a quote a couple months ago how like he told reporters like I'm staying here like you're not getting rid of me. Like he has no idea that when the Raiders have the third pick or second pick he's not coming to Vegas with them. It's like he can stay he can stay in Oakland like, but he's not going to
0: Vegas. Like bro, look at your contract. They will save 16 and a half million dollars in cap space next year if they cut you. You're gone. You're not look going to contract, Vegas. You're not go- Look at your
3: yards per attempt. You're done.
0: Yeah. Look at your contract. Look at your number one wide receiver. Look at your yards per attempt drop off. Look at the MVP love you. Look at the list of people you blocked on Twitter. You made some big mistakes. Yeah, and, the then, best part. and then look at the first round draft pick for the Raiders. It's going to be like a top five. In
1: 2020, uh Derek Carr is going to be Sean's quarterback in Chicago.
3: Ooh. Uh, it's too early, unfortunately, for you.
2: One thing I, I will say. If
3: he wins MVPs, you know what I mean? They're not going to run
2: him out of town with all of this going on, is that has Hard Knocks ever been more of a must-watch show? I mean, what? this second episode either tells us whether we need to keep watching or not. Because, like, if they don't cover it, the Raiders censor all this, and and none of it comes out, then it's like, well, I'm done with Hard Knocks. I'm not watching it. But if we get the behind-the-scenes of this circus, my God, this beca- they should win all the Emmys. Uh, this, I mean, there is a lot of potential to be the greatest
3: episode in the history of Hard Knocks on Tuesday night. By the way— We're going to learn— we're gonna learn a lot about Hard Knocks because to your point, if they don't show this, why do you even watch the show anymore? Because I mean, you can watch it to hear Gruden talk about nightmares and dreams and all that stuff, which is you know entertaining, fine. But if they ignore this or they gloss over it, I what is the point? They've just been handed the the best gift, and I feel like they're gonna ignore it. I really do feel like. They're well, gonna ignore I,
0: they're not gonna ignore it. The Raiders and Gruden are gonna. Potentially squash it. Ironic considering Gruden. There's the going to be
3: one conversation of Gruden talking about it to like one coach behind the scenes. And that's it. The Steelers. Or they'll show the clip of Gruden being
2: interviewed after the game Saturday when he that was the first time he confirmed that the frostbite existed. He was like, yeah, it was an accident. And that's it. And then they'll cut away. And they'll be like, and that was it. Hey,
0: there's nothing else to see here, guys. Fun fact. Just looking at my local uh, guess. if you, Sean, I'll let you guess. This isn't
3: uh, a fact. This
0: is a question. Is this a Sean fun fact? Or yeah, like, I was going to say, fact? at
3: least mine are facts. At least I present them as a fact, not a question. But they're
0: not fun. No, Whereas, it's, for instance, it's, 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 fun,
3: but they're not facts. Well, let's see. Let's see. No, it's a
0: fact. Yeah. I'm asking you a question to see if you can guess the correct answer to the fact that will be fun.
3: You want me to guess your fun fact?
0: No, I do. So the Oakland right. Raiders are six and a half. Or the win total is six and a half. The over is plus 140, meaning if you bet $100, you get 140 back. The under is minus 200. What, Sean? Other NFL team has the exact same odds as the Oakland Raiders. All right, Ryan, you know what the answer is. Go ahead. It's their
1: car and the Chicago Bears.
0: I was no, about- the, no! The Bears is really jacked. It's not it's the, the Bears. It's the Bengals. Bing, bing, the bing, 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 bing. It is bing. The, Bengals? the Bengals. I
3: I I thought he was insinuating too that it was the Bears, and I was like thinking about those numbers. I was like, those numbers don't make any. I sense thought you it.
0: would be smart enough to know that you swoop in and bang breach with the Bengals' combo, but I guess not.
3: Yeah, I specifically I was covering the games on Saturday, and I specifically went back and rewound Game Pass and made a a gif of Andy Dalton. Terrible throw, Jesus. just because I knew Breach would probably see it on Twitter, and it didn't. Breach did not let me down. Breach did see it on Twitter. Came back, came back with me with Andy Dalton's stat line too.
0: Um. All right. This is the Antonio Brown. Anything else we want to add? Breach, great call. In the hypothetical, it spun off like seventeen different tangents. Uh, I feel crazier than Antonio Brown on a bunch of like. I mean, what would? Okay. All right. What? I got one, okay. No, no. I'll no, ask one. Then you go next. Um. An hour and a half, Brown, I guess. <laughs> um, what would be like the next thing that could potentially happen that would take this over the top? Because I would say it would be like Antonio Brown is running like uh it's like secretly operating like a mu- like a like a like a psychedelic mushroom. Uh, like, like he secretly deals psychedelic mushrooms like inside NFL locker rooms. Like that would be like if that came out, it'd be like, okay, okay, this helmet thing is kind of small beans again. Uh, certainly the frostbitten feet not a big deal. I'm trying to think of like what what could elevate this to the next level. Uh, Antonio
2: Brown sticks his feet in lava because he thinks that's how you fix frostbite feet, (laughs) and now they're ash burnt, and he can no longer play football.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that. I think the, the <laughs> psychedelic like, thing would make, would explain everything else that preceded it. I think the lava thing would be like,
0: that, actually, that yeah, you're be... right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. If you found out like Antonio Brown was like harvesting psychedelic mushrooms in his, his backyard, you'd be like, well, actually, all of this kind of makes sense now. Um, Sean, what was your question?
3: What round do you take him in a fantasy draft? Wow. Great question.
0: Um, actually, I'm going to preface that because I had uh, a podcast listener named Patrick Callenbach. Who emailed and I'm curious what you guys think about this? It says I'll try to set it up. It's a ten-team league where you can keep up to five players. If you keep the players, you lose your first five picks, right? If you only keep four, you get to pick at some point early on, but you know you have no idea who you're going to get. He has Julio Jones, Ty Hilton, Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack. Easy for first four guys to pick. His fifth option comes down to Andrew Luck or Antonio Brown, or throw it back. So it's like I, I said I would almost throw it back because I think you can get Brown. Even if you have like the fifth or sixth pick, who knows what's going to happen. It depends on when the draft is and the deadline for this. But would you throw it back or would you roll the dice that Brown can be active this year, Sean?
3: I wouldn't keep Brown, especially if it's a keeper league and you're going to be in that league for a while because even if he does play, we're looking at what, one or two more years at Brown at his peak probably. Um, we were just talking about how he could be you know potentially cut in a couple of years, I, mean, I would he, actually, he, this he is a around related.
0: He will be cut in two years. He will
3: be but I would just point out that I don't think keeping Nick Chubb is a hundred percent because if you look at his long-term future, they got Kareem hunt. I don't, I, I think Nick Chubb's, I mean, maybe I'm the only one thinking this and I have mm-hmm. Nick Chubb in one league and I'm thinking about if I'm going to keep him or not in a keeper league. And the problem is I don't know if he's a running back one. I think he's a running back two, And I don't know if that's what you want to use a keeper on
0: wrong. He's a running back yeah. one. He's a stud. Cream Hunt, is- they're not going to use Cream Hunt
1: when- He's going to get suspended again at
0: some point, Then yeah. what? 100%. He's on a he's on a cheap contract.
3: You're Nick- not worried about Cream Hunt coming week 10 right around the right before the fantasy playoffs are and Cream Hunt stealing
0: away touches. No, nah. Cream Kareem- Nick- I think Cream Hunt Chubb.
3: is a better running back than Nick Chubb.
0: That's wrong. Nick Chubb is a monster. What? That's wrong. I'd take you Nick. You think
3: Cream Kareem- Hunt what Cream Hunt did, I mean
0: of course, suspension uh, who's, uh, who's who's Whose uh, scheme was it in? Andy Reid's. If you put Nick Chubb in Andy Reid's scheme, he will annihilate people. Nick Chubb is a monster, dude. I would definitely take Nick Chubb. I would take Nick Chubb as the top five running back. I would take Nick Chubb in the second round of every draft that I'm in think? him. Right, you think he's the top well, five I do agree with Nick Sean's point, back. though, that
2: no matter who's better, when Kareem Hunt comes back, he is going to vulture stuff away from Nick Chubb. Whether I mean, it doesn't matter if Maybe. Chubb's better, if Kareem Hunt's better. Hunt's going to get a bunch of touches. And that's going to come at Chubb's expense.
3: You don't take on the guy who's suspended for six games because he was on video of assaulting a woman because you are not going to use him. Like, they want to use him. That's
2: nah, why They, they, threw, they that. threw him
0: a bone because they, be the they knew once the suspension came out, no one would be able to sign him. They threw him a bone because Dorsey drafted him.
2: Oh, I just thought of something what? else crazy that could happen with Antonio Brown. Tell me this is realistic. Next thing that happens, an audio gets released of him like bashing Derek Carr or John ooh, Gruden. That to the next.
0: Yes, lesson. yes, yes. That's a good call, Breach. I so like. wait a second though. Let's say there's Breaches audio are, like Bre- I've already got like Breach is like you won't believe. It's like it's like <laughs> Antonio Brown saga Colin. You won't believe what wide receiver said on audio about John Gruden. So
1: let's say that Antonio Brown misses three games because, uh, as Dr. Sean points out, his frozen feet aren't working, and then. <laughs> Week two of that, the audio comes out of where he's blasting Derek Carr about being terrible and John Gruden about being terrible and being fake. What are you doing with Antonio Brown if he's healthy to return in week four? I feel like you have to cut him. Trade him back to the Steelers. <laughs> you,
3: know, you know what I just realized is not to happen?
1: Him. You can't cut him.
0: Nathan what are you going to was- do with him? Is he going to play? He's $30 billion dead cap it and you traded a third round pick for him. And, and he's to-
1: bad mouthed, the two most important and people th- in your organization. If
0: this hypothetical audio
1: comes out. And he makes fun of Mark Davis's haircut.
3: No, they'll just do a team <laughs>
0: suspension or something. That would be it. a good. What if he's like, he's like, man, that dumbass with that stupid haircut, like, like, you know, he's got that steep, smoky voice, just something like, like, rough about Gruden and Mark Davis. It'd be this, incredible. by the
3: way, this the Raider season ends at some point with Nathan Peterman getting snaps after he wins the backup job in the off season, and they and they bench Derek Carr at some point during the year. And Antonio Brown is going to go nuclear what on if, Nathan Peterman. What if Antonio Brown, interceptions in what if, directions.
0: All, right, all right, what if Antonio Brown punches Nate Peterman in the preseason? <laughs> just just dexing, like, like, he'll they, get a key to the city. Yeah. <laughs> this Nate Peterman guy is growing on me a little bit. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, round for Antonio Brown. That's a great question. We actually should have addressed it earlier. I would say that, and by the way, how, how nuts is this? I tweeted this out. There's a pretty good chance that if you have, uh, I'm trying to think what pick you would need. Who are the, who are the four guys I tweeted out? You can basically draft like Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Antonio Brown, and, um, there's somebody else It's uh, who's holding out? What up.
3: are we, what are we talking about? Melvin Gordon, Ty Gurley. Oh, the holding out.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, Gurley. Tiger, yeah, Tiger, yeah. You can, like you could pretty easily, if you have a top three pick, get Zeke Elliott. Todd Gurley in the second round. No, that's not going to be a problem. Um, Melvin Gordon in the third and Antonio Brown in the fourth. Like that would not be hard to do. That's a imagine going back six weeks from now and telling somebody that they could get those four guys in, in, in the first four picks of their fantasy draft. That's insane. And the thing is people are going to be a lot more timid
2: in drafting this year because of Le'Veon Bell last year. Like last year, no one thought he was going to sit out the season. Everyone was still taking him with a top three pick. They all assumed he was going to be there. But now that that happened and people got burnt by that, everybody's like, "Well, I don't know if I want to take Zeke. I don't know if he's going to be there those games. Yep. I don't know if I want to take Antonio Brown. I don't know if his feet are going to heal. I don't know if I want to take Melvin Gordon. I don't know if that's going to be fixed." So, like, there's definitely more timidness, and so I think Brinson's uh, hypothetical there is definitely plausible.
0: I'm I am probably taking Antonio Brown off the board for my uh, for fantasy purposes. I'm just not going to take him. I'm going to let somebody else take him. If he was there in the fifth round. I think I might consider it. Is that is that is that too? Is that is that it's not too early, right, Sean?
3: No, I don't think it's too early. I mean, I think you could probably make an argument that maybe around three or four. It also de- obviously it depends when your draft is being held because we should hopefully know more about his feet and if they're unfrozen in the next couple of weeks. Um Because again, I really think the outcome for the helmet thing, regardless if he gets approval to wear it. He's. i don't think that's he's not going to retire because he can't wear a helmet he
1: I says yeah, the other the new helmets protrude and he can't see
3: what if <laughs> so he, yeah what if what if tony Brown just suddenly sucks because he has to wear a different helmet
1: and it sucks for the Raiders
0: that too. his adp currently on um fantasypros.com, which i assume is not incorporated in a bunch of mock drafts over the weekend is 22. i would guess that it falls down to like 55. Forty-four, maybe it take, might take some time for, for the average to work out. Uh, we did a mock draft last week for the with the fantasy guys, and Antonio Brown went to uh, Jack Caporto, our producer, at the end of round two. We did an. I this. was going to
3: say round three is when I would feel comfortable gambling. It's a, you understand it's a gamble, but if you're getting healthy Antonio Brown, even if he plays on a bad team, he's still going to be productive. So I think round three is when I would risk it. Cause I think at that point the risk, cause who else are you taking around three?
0: I mean, are you going to take Antonio Brown over Adam Thielen?
3: No. No.
0: Are you going to take Antonio Brown over Brandon Cooks? No. Take Antonio mm-hmm. Brown over Tyler Lockett? No. Antonio Brown over Julian Edelman? Yes. Okay. Antonio Brown over Chris Godwin? Yes. Chris Godman went at the top of round five in this draft. Antonio Brown or Kenny Galladay. Because well,
3: Bruce Arians is talking him up too, like crazy. I'm not, I'm not I am not, I'm not buying that. into that business. Antonio Brown or
0: <laughs> Antonio Brown or Kenny Galladay. Probably I, Brown. I'd, I like I,
3: Galladay, but I would I, take Brown,
1: I
0: think. Antonio Brown or Cooper Cup.
1: Brown. What about my favorite uh, wide receiver, Antonio Brown or Robert Woods?
3: Oh, that's a
2: Woods is a slam dunk. I thought you were going to say James Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio Brown
3: or AJ Green.
0: Ooh, that's they, a good one too. They both have feed issues. Green went in. Yeah, but the, one of
3: them is normal, like feed issues. All right, so here, like, here's here's
0: here's the order of the wide receivers that went in this non PPR August sixth draft. I, th- I think I'm allowed to publish this. Uh, this is starting at the top of the um, Melvin. I took Melvin Gordon at the end of round three, and then I took Adam Thielen at the top of round four. Uh, then Brandon Cooks, Stephon Diggs, Robert Woods, Julian Edelman, Tyler Lockett, AJ Green, Chris Godwin, Kenny Gallagher. Someone,
3: someone took Edelman before Lockett?
0: Yeah. That's bold.
3: I would, I would rather gamble an
0: AJ Green than Antonio Brown.
3: Right, because his issue is a normal thing that you know is gonna be. He's just hurt, right? Once <laughs> it, what, it gets, it's a football injury and, and he has no helmet grievance, like, Maybe he misses two or three weeks or whatever. Maybe it's less than that. You know he's going to come back where it's – I mean we just spent an hour talking about could Antonio Brown retire or what's the next crazy – I
0: don't even know if we mentioned that he might retire. That's not – we all agree that's not happening, right? No. Here's
3: here's how absurd
2: this is. Like The NFL is literally saying your options are to wear the safe helmet or the less safe helmet, and he is saying, okay, I want to wear the less safe helmet. Like just that's – it breaks down to that, and it's just so absurd when you look at it like that. Tom Brady's not threatening to retire. He has to switch helmets because his helmet's illegal and has been banned. And the funny thing is he tried to wear a new helmet last year. Brady did. He hated it. So he switched back to his old helmet for the rest of the 2018 season. And now he's wearing the new helmet he hates this year because he's not allowed to wear his old helmet. And we haven't heard a peep from Tom Brady about uh his new helmet,
0: which he does not like. Here's here's where I think my brown turning point for fantasy would be. Um, route, So if you have the third overall pick – You could probably go with like Saquon McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, right? You get your running back and then you go back to back wide receivers on the next turn. And then in the fourth round, if Antonio Brown fell to me, which would be the 10th pick of the fourth round, I think I would be willing to take him there. Um, I would, I would, I would be panicking if I had an AJ Green or Antonio Brown conundrum, uh, at least right now. I would definitely take Lockett over him. Woods, Diggs, Cooks. I mean I just think that's the inflection point. Galladay would be a tough pick too. Because like Galladay, you're getting out of the box and if he has a breakout season, he's a third year wide receiver. I mean he can have a monster year.
3: He's already been good to this point. Like he's been a wide receiver too, so it's just a safer even his his
0: Yeah, I mean he had he had a thousand sixty eight yards and seventy catches and five touchdowns. I mean that's a if Antonio Brown plays sixteen games and is Antonio Brown, he will have much better numbers. All right. That's it. It's the Antonio Brown is Bat Smell Crazy podcast. It's been fun, boys. We'll, uh, make sure to check out the other podcast. And we got another podcast coming tomorrow with Aaron Schatz of, uh, Football Outsiders. Thanks as always to everyone for listening. And, uh, thanks to Breach for being just as crazy as we